So I want to play a bit of music. I want to see if you can name that tune. Some of you will get it absolutely instantly. Some of you may need a little bit of time. Some of you may have no idea. So if we can have the volume up, uh, Phil, just a little bit, I'm going to play you. I love intros. I love, I, there's lots of music that I like. This is a piece of music that I absolutely love. Um, and I love a long intro. And this has got a long intro, so it's got plenty of time for you to work out why is that music? Here we go. You've got over a minute of this to come. Here it comes, better. This is how the music should be in heaven. Wait for the drums. Whatever you want. Incidentally, the introduction to Caroline is even better than that, uh, if you want to know. Uh, status quo. I know, it's old, uncool, but it's gorgeous music. We're going to look at this question. Whatever we want. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Whatever you want, says Jesus. What on earth did he mean? Is that really anything we want. Let's have beautiful weather. Let's have plenty of money. Let's not ever work again. Let's have a fantastic church. Let's have Donald shut up. Let's have a great time. <laughs> Whatever we want. If we wish it, rub that lantern and it's going to happen. I want to talk to you this evening about the guaranteed answers to prayer. The things that I promise you God will answer. We're going to talk a little bit about the prayers that are worth asking that I may not be able to guarantee you an answer to. And we'll just touch briefly on the prayers that are not even worth praying. I wouldn't even go there. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, is this just one little verse taken on its own and isn't really what the Bible says? Well, actually, in John's Gospel, Jesus says this a number of different times. Uh, earlier on, he's already said this. I will do whatever you ask in my name. You ask me for anything and I will do anything. How clear is that? Anything, Lord, make me win the lottery. And I don't have to work ever again. And later on in John 15, that whatever you ask, the Father will give you. So will God do whatever we ask? Will he bring us the healings that we want, the happiness that we want, the comfort that we want, the success that we want, the prosperity that we want? Guarantee you'll find something on the internet that will tell you how God will answer all your prayers. Just ask. Will God do whatever we wish? When we come to try, incidentally, if you're worrying about this, I'm going to come to this a little bit later. 
It's not just randomly there. We'll come to that just a little bit later. When we look at Scripture, and I think this is a really important principle we've talked a lot about, but it's worth coming back to again in this particular moment. You can make the Bible say whatever you want. All the arguments in the world can be backed up with a little bit of the Bible. So we have to have a little bit of, uh, of a prince, some principles of how we understand the Bible. Now, I may have sent you an email, or you may have sent me an email. Maybe you sent me an email. Uh, you may have sent me a text. It's unlikely, because none of you have my mobile number. Uh, you may have sent me a WhatsApp, which is impossible, because none of you have my mobile number. Let's just say you sent me a text. And you meant to say something nice and friendly. But when I've looked at that, I've read it as critical and hurtful, and I've got very upset with you. And I suspect all of us have been in that situation. Not with me, I hope. But you have messaged somebody, you've texted somebody, you've t- made a tweet or something or a post or whatever it is, and somebody else has taken it in a way that you didn't mean. And they've got upset or angry. And you said, but I didn't mean that. And they've said, but that's what you said. You've upset me, and I say, that's what you said. And you say to me, but that's not what I meant. Who's right? The intended meaning of the writer, the speaker, is what we need to strive for. And if there are things that I've said or done that have offended you, in your grace, can you search for what we meant, not what you heard? And then in my dealings with you, that I seek to search for what you meant and not what I heard. How do we work out what Jesus meant to say? What do his words mean? We know that things change, that we hear words because of our own experience of those words. I may say somebody's crazy and mean that incredibly positively, that they're fun and lively and an extrovert. And you may have had the word you crazy spoken over you in a negative and critical way. And so when you hear me saying that you're crazy, you are absolutely hurt because of the, the, the baggage that the word crazy has for you. So how do we work out what they meant? Well, scholars are really able to go and look at all the different ways in which words were used at that time. There are loads and loads of Greek uh, writings from that time, and increasingly scholars are able to discern precisely what words mean. That is why we're far more able to understand what words meant now than we did two or three hundred years ago. Because uh, we've got scholars have devoted their lives to looking at all the different use of a word. But we can also tell a lot from the context, the context of a passage. So we're going to look at the context of Jesus saying, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then we're going to uh, uh, try and, and move into a bit of response and trying to ask, and we're going to use this together. So what is the context? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you remain in me. So much theology hinges on the word if. And so much teaching forgets the word if. Really important word. It's a tiny little word. Two little letters. If. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Remaining in Jesus inspires what we want. We're going to talk about uh, and try and explain what this means. But what he's saying is that if you are in me, if you are living in me, and we talked about this in our, some of our previous sessions, which are available on our YouTube site, available on our website. If we are in Jesus, then we can ask whatever we wish. If we're in rebellion, if we're far from him, then this verse doesn't apply. And he says, and my words remain in you. In other words, if we are, we are living, obeying, inspired by the words of Jesus, then what, that will define what we wish for. So if I am living in the words of Jesus, I am not going to wish for a thunder and lightning to strike down all the people who irritate me. Because that's in contrary to the words of Jesus who loves all humanity. So let's have a look at the bigger context of the whole of John 15 and what's coming up. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. We've already looked at this. You can say you can go back and find this in our... Um, series online on our YouTube site if you haven't yet subscribed. And he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. We looked at this last week. But notice how many times he talks about bearing fruit. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, and that it will be even more fruitful. That this passage is about the desire of Jesus that you and I be fruitful. And we've explored what this means. It means that we live such a life that other people uh, copy us in being disciples. If you, if, you, if, a, a, uh, if you take an apple and you plant the, the pip, the core, or the heart of the apple, and you plant it in the ground, and after a number of years, you will not get a banana tree. You will not get a vineyard. You'll get another apple. Fruitfulness is about repeating what we are. And Jesus says again and again, what I really desire is that you live such a life of following me, of the lifestyle of a disciple and a follower of Jesus, that other people will say, okay, I know what, I know what a disciple is. I can see that. I know what they do. I know how they live. I know the integrity, the compassion, the generosity, the truthfulness, the passion and the vision, the gratitude, the thankfulness. I know what they are. And because of that, I'd like to be one. So we replicate replicating disciples. We've been chosen and called to be disciples. That's our strategy as a church, to make disciples. We understand that's the very heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the desire of Jesus is that we bear fruit. And we looked at this last week, but he says, look, if you don't bear fruit, I'll pass you by. My blessing, my spirit moves elsewhere. It is absolutely crucial that Jesus wants us to bear fruit. God's purpose for us is fruitfulness. And it's in that context that he says, if you're desiring fruitfulness, if you're desiring that other people see in you Christ, then you can ask whatever you wish for that purpose. 
and it will be done for you. He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, look, you cannot do this without me. The only way you can, anybody's ever going to copy you is if you live in me and allow my spirit to fill you. So we talked a few weeks ago about Graham's problem, Graham the grape, and we unpacked all the different things and questions about what it means to remain in Jesus and what that looks like, and all of that's available. But we're building on that. We want to bear fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. Note how he's repeating this. The whole context leading up to verse 7 is, look, I want you to bear fruit, but you can't do it without me. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's repeating himself. It's all about fruitfulness. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Repetition. We're really quite clear what Jesus means. It's really not beyond dispute what he means. He means, I want you to live such a life that you can get to heaven and there will be people and come up to you and say, I'm partly here because of you, because I watched you because you prayed for me, because of the way you gave financially, because of the way you lived. And we may not see that and know that on this line. We may feel my life is completely unfruitful. We'll come back to that in a moment. But our purpose is to live such a life that other people have the opportunity to go, oh, I get it. I want to be a disciple too. And it continues. This is to my Father's glory. What is to the Father's glory? That you bear much fruit. What does this mean to the Father's glory? Glory is, is a sense of the wonder, the glory, the, the majesty, the power, the goodness of God. And it's seen, it's understood, it's felt, it's recognized by other people. And so what he is saying is that our desire is for the goodness of God to be more widely known. That's what glorifying is. That other people go, oh, God is good. God is great. And we ask whatever we wish to glorify God. Because what happens is that when we are in Jesus, when we're remaining in him, when our, his words are living in us, we find that our whole perspective and our whole attitude and all our ambitions and all our desires change. And we want God to be glorified. We want other people to love Jesus. We want other people to say how great he is. And therefore, that becomes what we wish. We wish God to be glorified because we're in him. In the context earlier in John chapter 14, which I did a video on a while ago, but you've you, you probably forgotten to so say, here's just a reminder. It's the same kind of stuff. Ask whatever you want in my name and the Father will be glorified. It's the same thing, glorified. That other people will see how good God is. You may ask for anything in my name. What does in my name mean? It doesn't mean, it's not some little phrase that you have to tag on. It's some magical abracadabra thing that makes the prayer kosher. Are you going to say kosher? Uh, you know what I mean. Makes the prayer proper. It's not a phrase. It's not a superstitious thing. It's a concept. The concept is that we're asking what Jesus is asking for. We're asking on his behalf. He says, you can ask for anything that I would ask for. 
And what does Jesus ask for? He asks for the glory of the Father. We said that again and again in John. John chapter 15, where the passage comes again, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go, oh, look, there it is again, bear fruit. What is the intended meaning? The intended meaning is that we bear fruit, fruit that will last. That whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. It's pretty clear what the meaning is. So here are three things. What are the guaranteed answered prayers? What are the prayers worth asking? And what are the prayers not even worth mentioning? What are the guaranteed answered prayers? The prayers that Jesus would pray. The prayers that make us fruitful. And over the last few weeks as we've looked at this passage, we could say lots of things that we can do to be fruitful. But I I, I picked out five things, and we're just going to stay with those for a little bit longer. Five things that we might do to be fruitful. We bless people. We seek to express the love and goodness of God to other people. We're generous. We're kind. We do good. And if we do good, we will bear fruit. We welcome. We include. We bring people in. We do not close our front door, our church, our borders. We say to the stranger, you're welcomed in the name of Jesus. And if we do that, we will bear fruit. We tell our stories. We give our testimony. We speak the truth of what God has done in our lives. And if we are able to tell our story when asked, have a a, a reason for the hope we have, we will bear fruit. And we model it. We live it. We show the, what Jesus, we live Christ-like lives. We live lives of compassion and generosity. And if we do that, we will bear fruit. And we encourage. We build people up. We're positive. We push forward. We don't tear down. We build. Five things. You could have your others, but five. And we're going to come back to those in a moment. Dilbert says, I don't want... I don't have the data, sorry, somebody says to Dilbert, I don't have the data you requested last week because I didn't know how you wanted it formatted. And Dilbert says, you could have asked. That's only obvious in hindsight. And we say, I don't know how to be fruitful, God. I understand that you really want me to be fruitful, but I don't know how to do that. And he says, all you need to do is ask. Ask whatever to be fruitful and I will do it. And it's obvious. This is one of my favorite cartoons. Uh, The prayer, please God, make me the person my dog thinks I am. My dog is uh, very loyal. I've been fortunately having very loyal dogs, but they are deluded. <laughs> we want to be the person. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but we go, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to change me. I don't know how to change the world. I don't know how Ukraine and, and global warming and the Conservative Party, it'll, prices rising, inflation strikes. It's all too much. I'll tell you a little story. There's a little boy, and he's out for a walk with his dad, holding his dad's hand and walking with his dad. And they come across a huge, big stone. 
And the little boy says to his dad, he says, Dad, do you think I could move that stone, that boulder? And the father says to him, yeah, I think you can. If you use all of your strength, I think you can move that stone. So the little boy gets down and he, and he, and he starts to lift it and push it and he cannot move it. He cannot shift this stone. And he looks with disappointment at his dad and he says, Dad, you said I could move it. And his dad says, if you use all your strength, you can move that boulder. Little boy says, all my strength, all my strength, all my strength, all my strength, little boy, all my strength, grits his teeth, puts everything he got into his muscles, and he gets hold of it, and he pushes, and he pushes, and he pushes, and nothing happens. And the boulder stays the same. The little boy looks with disappointment at his dad because his dad had let him down and lied to him. You said I could do it with all, and I can't. And the dad says, I told you you could do it if you used all your strength, but you haven't used all your strength. All right, you haven't used all your strength because you've done it all on your own. And your strength comes from the fact that you are with me and I'm your father and all you need to do is have the strength to ask the strength to say I can't do this the strength to say I need help and that boy thinks about this for a moment and he goes dad will you help me Father says, sure. And the father comes down and he says to the little boy, put your hand underneath. Put your hand underneath. We're going to count to three. One, two, three. And they lift it. Because the little boy uses all the strength that he has. Somebody this morning thought this was really heavy, but it's not, so I'll just do that. Because <laughs> I don't want you to be deceived. We're going to pray in a moment. I want to invite you to use all the strength you have to be fruitful. And it's not about our willpower. I'm going to invite you to pray some of the guaranteed answered prayers. So what are they? Well, let's say that they revolve around those five things that I talked about being fruitful. If you want to say to God, Lord, make me fruitful, I guarantee he will answer that prayer. And what might that look like? That first one was to bless. If you say, Lord, will you help me to bless? Will you give me the strength to love? Will you give me the strength to be generous? Will you give me the strength to see need, to see who needs blessing? He'll answer that prayer and your eyes will be opened and your heart changed. If you pray for the fruit of the Spirit to be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control, he will answer that prayer. You don't have to have all the faith in the world. You just need to ask. It's not the faith of the little boy that lifts the stone. It's the power of the one he asks. 
it may be that that's your prayer. In which case, if I run over here briefly, you'll see here on this part of the uh, boards, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. It may be something where you just want to see God at work and you can put that there. But then it says here, Lord, help me to bless, to love, to be generous. That which is on the screen. You may want to come and put a squiggle or help me, Lord, or your name or just the name of somebody you want to bless. If that's part of your prayer in a moment, you come and do that when we're worshiping together, when Gainer is leading. Just to physically enact the point of getting out of your seat is to say, this is what I want. I want to be a person that blesses because I want my life to count. I don't want to be self-centered, inward-looking and have a pointless life. I want a life that produces something. Will you help me to bless? And the other ones that are over there, the guaranteed answers to prayer, Lord, help me to welcome. And maybe you do find it difficult to welcome. And you're asking God to help you not to be self-centered, not just to just sit, only see your own friends and complain when your own friends aren't there. Maybe you're asking God to help you not to be a person that judges and assesses and looks at people and from their outside decides whether you want to talk to them. Or maybe you want to ask God to help you to be a person who cares. And we want to be a person who enlarges the tent, who brings people in. And maybe that's your prayer, in which case that's the first one on the left-hand side over there. It may be that the guaranteed prayer that you want to ask is to help to tell your story. And what do you need to tell your story? Maybe you're just asking God for gratitude to see what he's done. And you recognize that you don't know that you have a story because all you can see is what hasn't worked and hasn't gone well. And actually God is saying, I've done far more. And so maybe your prayer is to say, Lord, give me the gratitude to see what you've done or the courage not to be ashamed. Perhaps you know there are people who ask you questions and you swerve the conversation and you avoid it because you don't want to say it because it's tricky. Or you're asking God simply for the right words to say. That's one of the things Jesus promised, that if you are it's speaking in difficult circumstances on his behalf, he will give us the words. Guaranteed. Answer the prayer. Lord, give me the right words. It may be that your guaranteed prayer that you want to pray is that you want to live the life that models it. You want to show what a disciple is. That you want to be someone who doesn't give up and you know there's all kinds of pressures on you to back off. Or you want to be someone who you know that a follower of Jesus is one who turns the other cheek, who says, Father, forgive them for what they do. But you know within you that there is anger, there is resentment, there is bitterness, there is frustration, there is a a critical spirit and you say Lord I want to be like Jesus but that bit of me has got to go Lord will you help me guaranteed answer to prayer if you say to God will you help me to forgive he'll answer that prayer guaranteed if you're asking God to help you to be self-controlled to resist all kinds of different temptations because you want to be like Jesus when it comes to the moment pop something on there around that just a squiggle that represents you, a little picture, a word, a name, something, wherever it is that you want to put it. It may be that the guaranteed prayer that you want to pray is that you be someone who builds, who encourages, who lifts others. You're asking God to help you to be faithful or to pray or to have patience. And you want to be someone who strengthens others rather than discourages them. 
And only you know where it is in your life you would say, this is the hindrance to me being fruitful. Because I think these are the things that God says, whatever you ask, I will give you. Whatever you ask out of a desire to be fruitful, I will give you. Lucy's praying. He finishes praying. She says, I was praying for greater patience and understanding, but I quit. I was afraid I might get it. Have we the courage to pray these prayers? And if we're watching or listening in the podcast or watching at home, obviously we can't write these things, but have we the courage to pray these prayers? What about the prayers that are worth asking? Two prayers that I would say always ask, always ask. God says ask, always ask, but you cannot be guaranteed exactly the answer you want. Two of them. Nice and straightforward. Worth asking. And they're right at the end. So right at the end of the board in symmetry to get your kingdom come, right at the end of the board is these two prayers. First one is, Lord, please heal. Always ask for healing. Always ask God to heal someone or to heal. But it's not guaranteed because we are going to die and we are going to decay don't ask God to, to take, make sure that you never have any wrinkles, never have any gray hairs, and that nothing ever wears out. Because of the fall, because of the brokenness of the world, that's going to happen. But he does want to pull back the curtain and give glimpses of heaven, signs of heaven. And so sometimes we experience his healing. And it's worth asking, always ask, no harm in asking. It's better to ask than to wish. But sometimes God says, look, the perseverance is going to be more fruitful than the answer. Sometimes he says, I want you to live for me in this. I want you to show the world that you, as Job was showing the world, you love me whatever. And that you have a hope in heaven that will not perish or spoil or fade. And that you are not following Jesus for the comfort of this world. So sometimes he says, persevere. My, I believe that my experience is that we keep asking. We'll see God heal in our lives. But not all the time. And ultimately... He wants us to look forward to being with him rather than to be running away from that. So that's the worth asking, but not necessarily guaranteed. The other worth asking is, Lord, please save. Save somebody. Save a loved one, save a friend, save a colleague. It's not guaranteed because they have free will. And they can say no. But it's always worth asking God to put his finger and his power and his grace and his heat and to knock that little bit louder on the door. So at the end of the board, the furthest left, you may want to write the name of someone you want to see healed or the name of someone you want to see saved. What about the prayers that aren't even worth mentioning? Well, I think you probably know what they are. 
Don't ask God to make you rich. Not going to do it. Whatever the books, whatever the videos, it's not what God wants for us. He's got something far more precious than wealth. And he wants us to be good news to the poor, not those who rip them off. So don't pray that. And the other one not to pray, Lord, make me comfortable. Because he calls us to follow him in his sufferings. He calls us to follow him by taking up our cross. He will give us peace in a storm. He will give us strength in difficulty. But he will not make it easy. Because this world is broken. And this side of heaven, we follow him. And we follow the cross. And we follow the God who suffered. And we follow Jesus, for whom life was not always comfortable. So, in a moment, Gainer is going to come and lead us. Are we desiring fruitfulness? And what are the prayers we want to ask? Let's pray for a moment. Lord, we want to be fruitful. That is our desire. As we've come into you, as your words have taken root in our lives, we have become transformed. All we desire is that you are glorified. That is all that we live for. And we can't do it. We need your strength. And so we ask. We ask for your kingdom to come. We ask for your work in our lives. We ask for healing and salvation. Thank you that whenever we ask, whatever we ask in this transformation that we may be more fruitful, you will do. Whatever we ask when our heart's desire is that you are glorified, you will answer. So lead us now as we pray and as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen.